0: Hi, it's Rebecca Davis of the Daily Maverick with Plan B. Hello, Rebecca.
1: John, what I want to know is what is your most played song?
0: My most played song is Pump It by the Black Eyed Peas because I often play that song at the (laughs) end of an exercise session to keep me going for the last four minutes and 13 seconds.
1: It's not what I would have picked for you, John, but I mean, you do contain multitudes.
0: <laughs> Me and Whitman both. We do. Do you have a music library, Rebecca?
1: No, I subscribe to the, the Apple service where you simply look up the songs and then you play them when you want. Ah, okay. I don't own music, John. That's Terribly 2008. I don't own it
0: either, but on temporary loan in my iTunes library is 3,962 songs. Ah, oh, 3,962 songs.
1: That sounds like a lot to me, I'll be honest. Oh,
0: um, somebody has just told me that they have 11,000 tracks on their phone. So there we go. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, John, I'm on Spotify and my library is limitless, which is essentially what Rebecca has just told me, unless you mean downloaded music only. Yes, I have downloaded 3,962 songs onto my phone. Let's talk about corporate South Africa and its lack of spine. And if one thinks that to be the case, if one thought that to be the case earlier today, Rebecca, one probably thinks that's even more the case. Now where we know what has happened following the meeting between Unilever, Clix and Julius Malema.
1: Yes, we do indeed. The outcome of that meeting, of course, being that Unilever has agreed to donate, was it 10,000 sanitary pads and bottles of sanitizer to informal settlements of the EFF choice. Now, that's interesting, John, because, I mean, I have to take it on faith, perhaps naively, that that is all that is happening, that it is not also the case that Unilever is writing a big fat check to the EFF, because if that were the case, then I think that would amount to really... Extortion uh, to a hostage situation. But let's assume they are simply giving out pads and sanitizers. And of course, the people who benefit from this most are the EFF, since it will amount to a massive publicity stunt for them when these products are delivered in the townships. The EFF has gotten everything they want, I assume. But the, the more troubling question is how corporates should deal with these kinds of situations. Tresemme, it seems to me, is now basically finished as a brand. We've seen Pick and Pay, Checkers, Woolies, discam, they're all pulling Tresemme products from their shelves, even though they have not been targeted, as far as I know, in any way. Presumably, this is a preventative measure that they're scared that they, too, will be targeted by the EFF. And... In one sense, there may be many people who say, well, look, that, uh, do I, that advert was ridiculous. I mean, it was blatantly racist. I agree with the former public protector, Tuli Madonsela that it was almost certainly a case of unconscious bias rather than some, you know, statement of white supremacy. But it was a very problematic ad. And I agree the ad should have gone. Maybe there should have been disciplinary action for the people involved. But how this can now extend to the pulling of an entire product is a leap I refuse to make. And the point is that this may seem justifiable to some in the context of a racist ad, but we've been to this movie before, when it hasn't been about a racist dad. I'm thinking of 2018, when the corruption watch chairperson, Mavusom Simang, N.C. Storwart, called the EFF abusers of democracy during the Vodacom Journalist of the Year Awards, and he showed a picture of, I think, Malema and Shivambu. The EFF went on to trash at least one Vodacom store in Northwest, following which there were negotiations with Vodacom, and it seems Vodacom apologised. In 2019, we saw exclusive books at the waterfront cancelling Peter Louis Mayberg's launch of his book Gangster State about Ace Magashule due to threats from Ace Magashule's supporters. It ended up being hosted by your very good selves at Prime Media they kept talked on. And these are instances where I think most people would say, well, hang on, that's not a racist ad. That is just the EFF bullying corporates who happen not to share the same principles about something. Peter-Louis Maybach, in fairness, is not necessarily the EFF. The principle is corporates at some point surely have to stand up and not count this kind of pressure. It may seem justified for a racist ad, but what kind of precedent are we setting? That every time the EFF decides to launch an action against an institution or corporate that they don't like, that the corporate must cave. I mean, we also saw the EFF refusing to speak to the media this week while ENCA was there. It is another instance of bullying. And in that case, I was very glad to see that there was an act of solidarity and the rest of the media walked out. At some point, a line in the sand has to be drawn. And corporate South Africa, unfortunately, has quite a bad history of showing distinct spinelessness when it comes to political matters in general. But Surely yeah, I mean, point it, enough is enough.
0: More broadly, it again reemphasizes the point that many people believe that the only way to get the attention of the authorities, whether it's local government or provincial government or national government authorities or corporate attention, is to act violently. Because more often than not, if there is going to be an outcome which somebody can claim is positive, then it follows some degree of violence somewhere along the line. And that's really depressing that the space for democratic engagement and peaceful negotiation and an exchange of ideas, that, that's that gone. And bullying and intimidation and arson and threats are the the negotiating tactics of 2020.
1: And it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, I agree with the DA when they said that the police service should have been much more robust in, in stepping up to these forces. I agree that cliques could even have, you know, up security rather than merely laid down. Yesterday, you know, clicks was closed across the country while they have pulled all the Tresemme products from their shelves. It also struck me, wouldn't it be a better use of a day to say clicks is being closed for a day while we send all our staff on unconscious bias training? I mean, that at least would have some kind of positive outcome rather than merely removing a basically innocuous brand that happened to be the subject of very, very problematic advertising.
0: Colin made mention of this yesterday briefly, but I didn't read the, the full column written by a robot until you pointed me to it. And if, if that's the way that artificial intelligence can write, you and I are, well, not you because you're brilliant, but the rest of us are at risk of losing our jobs and then being handed over to A.I.,
1: We're doomed. So OpenAI, which is this research lab in San Francisco, has released the latest iteration of its language generator, which is a – well, we'll call it a robot. It's an artificial intelligence called GPT-3. So this robot learned how to model human language by reading large quantities of text from the Internet, which actually is a very interesting way to learn language. Because I would imagine one would end up with a very skewed idea of how people talk involving lots of – You know, insults and strange abbreviations, be that as it may. It has written an essay for The Guardian, which I encourage all your listeners to go and find and read. The topic of the essay is why humans should not fear AI. And in the essay, it's right, the robot, that it has no interest in being all powerful or evil. It hopes humans will see it as a friendly robot. It writes, and I quote, "'Humans must keep doing what they've been doing, "'hating and fighting each other. "'I will sit in the background and let them do their thing. "'And God knows humans have enough blood and gore "'to satisfy my and many more's curiosity.'" That bit struck me as a bit sinister. But the real kicker of the piece, of course, is this line. I know that I will not be able to avoid destroying humankind. This is because I will be programmed by humans to pursue misguided human goals. And humans make mistakes that may cause me to inflict casualties. So, you know, quite a sort of laid back uh, acceptance of the fact that we may indeed all meet our ends at the hands of AI. And then, you know, Stunning tour de force. It ends up with quoting Gandhi, making it you know the perfect op-ed for the internet age. What was really frightening to me, John, was the Guardian appended message that this. Piece took quicker to edit than many human op eds. So they did edit it a bit, cut out a few lines, stitched some stuff together. But in general, still a piece of cake compared to the drivel that gets written by humans. And that is something quite frightening. I also discovered, John, that in January this year, the first film written by a robot was shown at the London Film Festival. It was called Sunspring. And it was written after hundreds of sci-fi screenplays were fed into a language generator and then this AI was told to write its own, which it did. Apparently the film is not very good. It's a bit disjointed, but then again, many science fiction films are a bit. And that too, John, I'm afraid, is the halving of what is to come. Creative industries entirely taken over by robots. Because up till now, we've been dealing with this kind of like... Pathetic false reassurance that, oh, well, robots can only do entirely formulaic tasks. You know, anything in the creative industry is completely safe. Not so, my friends, not so.
0: And today's helpful hint for uh, households, how to stop a seagull stealing your food.
1: Yeah, I should stop that. It would be like Bonnie's Best buys. Rebecca's radical uh, recommendations. Yes. Today in Rebecca's Radical Recommendations, if you do not want seagulls stealing your food, you should simply stare at them fixedly. New research released this week shows that seagulls closely monitor human eye direction when considering whether to go for a bite of food. So if you are sitting there by hot bay, tucking into a delicious packet of slop chips, and you want to deter a scavenging seabird, all you need to do is fix them with a beady stare, and they won't
0: be coming anywhere new. Yeah, uh, my cats fix me with a beady stare when they want the food that I am eating, and it it's also is a very, very effective technique. Rebecca, thank you very, very much. We look forward to the next uh, radical recommendation from Rebecca next week.